first couple days just to make sure that the foundation is cured and uh, it doesn't, you know, create any cracks or anything. So the, if, if your foundation is messed up, your house is going to be messed up. If, uh, if a house uh, stands the test of a storm, the odds are is, is because it had a good foundation. And, and we can be built on different things. We can be built on things that are solid, and we can be built on things that are flaky and that will break and move. Yeah, uh, some of y'all are like, yeah, tell me about it. Um, so one of my favorite, well, I think this is my favorite verse in the Bible, is Matthew 7, 7. Uh, it is, ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock, and the door will be open to you. And the reason why I love that is it shows an action and a result. Ask and you will receive. Because God rewards, act, God rewards action. He wants you to come to him. He wants you to talk to him. And we see in the Bible, when there's an action, there, there's a result. Just like when there's the action of being silent, there was the result of silence. <laughs> you know, you're like, well, God, why, why aren't you talking to me? God, where are you? And God's like, where are you? I've, I've been waiting for you. So God rewards action. So um, I kind of want to jump through the chapter of Matthew chapter 7. And I'm going to be reading in the NIV, New International Version. Uh, so I'm just going to start right off in uh, verse 1. And it says, Do not judge, or you too will be what? Judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measures you use, it will be measured to you. So uh, this chapter, there's uh, God is just, he's given us good advice. There, like, I encourage you to study Matthew chapter 7. It is a chapter where there is just, it is just full of goodness and bangers. Um, so in verse 3, it says, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? So uh, what this analogy is, he's like, don't be hypocritical. Don't judge people because guess what? You're probably doing something wrong as well. But at the same time, I think people misinterpret judging because uh, there is righteous judgment. Because, you know, if you are a Christian and I'm a Christian and I see you sinning and doing something wrong, the loving thing to do would me come to you and say, hey, I see you're doing this. I know you're better than that. And God's calling you to doing something differently. That, I'd say that is righteous judgment. That is judgment to help somebody. And then we all know the judging of like, okay, you're a heathen and I can't believe you did that. I would never do anything like that. Shame on you. It's just like, you know, it's not helpful. It's not productive. Um, and then at the same time, God is the ultimate judge. God is judging you righteously and in the right manner. Um, but it's saying, hey, don't, don't, don't judge people. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't say, look at what you're doing when you're doing something wrong as well. Take the plank out of your own eye first. And then in, uh, oh, here it is in verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. If you ask, you receive. The one who seeks, guess what? They find. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. God is ready to go to the next level with you. God is ready to talk to you, spend time with you. Fill in the blank. God is ready. But are you putting in the action to receive that result? Are you putting in the action and the work to receive everything that God wants to give you? 
And then if we go in verse 11, it says, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So, you know, we are born with a sinful flesh. We are born into this world as sinners. And Jesus, uh, and that's what being saved is all about. Jesus forgives us of the sins that we've done, and we become a new creation. And God sees us as a new creation, which is awesome. But what he's saying right here is we are born sinners, and we know how to give people good gifts. We know how to give people good gifts. It's just, I think it's just something that if we really try, we can be really good at it. And if it's something we're really good at, it's saying how much more is God good at giving gifts to his children? Because you are a child of God. God is your heavenly father, and he wants to give his children good gifts. He is the best gift giver to those who ask him. You know, uh, maybe a parent, loved one, somebody, fill in the blank, friend. They say, hey, what do you want for your birthday or Christmas or whatever? You know, they're asking and then you say, hey, I would like this. You know, there's a conversation there. There's an action there. You know, sometimes I think we can live our lives or we can have our prayers be like, God, where, where are you? And he's like, ask, <laughs> you know. Ask and it will be given to you. God is a good gift giver. What are some of his gifts? There's a lot to list. But if we just look at the gifts of his spirit, the fruits of his spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. They're so good. And I just kind of want to highlight self-control really quick because uh, that's something like God's been teaching me more of the, like, the value of self-control. Because I would say, like, overall, I would say I have pretty good self-control. But out of the spiritual gifts, self-control is one of them. I feel like I kind of overlooked it. I was like, okay, yeah, self-control is good, but it's just there. I didn't think much of it. But uh, we were reading last week that the, there's power in your tongue. Like, your tongue, the words that you say, your language it can be a fire. There is death and life in the power of your tongue. The words that we speak have death and life in them. You know, I can say, man, Andre, you are looking good, my friend. Like, keep up the good work. It's like, yeah, it made you smile. You feel good about it. And, you know, it's giving you life. It's uplifting you. Or just like, dude, bro, you got to change something. Like, kind of like, you know, it's like the things that you say to people make a difference. And, and if we can apply self-control in the way we talk, because there is power in your tongue. If we can have self-control over the things that we say, how we talk, uh, that can point people towards Jesus. And that realistically lifts up your life. If you're speaking good things, uh, just a natural benefit and a natural result of speaking good things is you're going to feel good. So I want to encourage you, don't overlook self-control. Because if you can have self-control over your language, man, it is a, it is a recipe for success. So now in verse 12, it says, so in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. I mean, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. We all want people to treat you well. I mean, treat others how you want to be treated. If we apply, I mean, God is asking us to do this. 
And in Matthew 7, 7, it says, asking and receive. And God is wanting to give you good gifts, but he's also asking you to live a certain way. And that's the, that's the beauty of the Bible is it is an instruction book. It is the perfect guideline. Jesus is the perfect role model for us to chase after and to, to be like. And then, um, let's see, if we go to verse 15, I'm just going to summarize this really quick. But uh, Jesus is calling out, true and false prophets. He's saying, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing. You know, they they look innocent. They look like they're one of you, but they're evil. They bring destruction and they are not good. So be be aware of false prophets. And then it says, true and false disciples in verse 21. It It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. So this is saying, there's a lot of people out there who believe in God. But there's a big difference between believing in God and following God. Because the devil believes in God, but he does not follow God. There's a big difference there, and that's what Jesus is saying. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Because believing in God alone doesn't save you. And, uh, and it says, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. And I want to encourage you, get to know God. Because just believing in God is not knowing God. It's a, there's a big difference there. And and as we keep on reading, it's, it's getting better and better. So this is, uh, I'm going to read verse 24 through 29. Uh, this is the wise and foolish builders. Say that with me. The wise and foolish builders. So in verse 24, it says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, and puts them into practice. So we just read uh, the majority of that chapter. God's saying, hey, let's not judge. Hey, let's not be hypocrites. Hey, ask me and see what I'll give you. I'm a good father and I give good gifts. Ask for gifts and I'll give them to you. He said, hey, be, watch out for false teachers. Hey, don't be a false teacher. He's giving us all these instructions, all these good things to follow, all these practices. So then he's saying, uh, Those, uh, whoever hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its, say this with me, foundation, foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. There is power in the name of Jesus, and Jesus is our rock. He is our firm foundation. And, and if we look at this, it doesn't say uh, he who builds his house on the rock won't have a storm. It doesn't say he who builds his house on the sand then will have a storm, and the, the person who builds their house on the rock won't have a storm. 
They're both going through battles. They're both going through storms. You will go through storms in life. But the foundation that you build on makes all the difference. Because the guy, the wise man who built his house on the rock, built his life on Jesus Christ and his practices and his teaching and the word of God, it's a firm foundation. So whenever, it, it doesn't say if, but when the storm comes, it will, it will, it will last. It will hold up. It will defeat the storm. But the guy who builds his house on the sand, the guy who lives in the world and looks for his foundation and looks for their security in the world, it's like building your house and your life on sand. It will move when a storm comes. So there's a local river uh, right next to us. It's called the San Jacinto River. You probably drove past it if you came from Conroe. Uh, The San Jacinto River is major, it's primarily made out of sand. Like, it's a sandy river. And uh, I've, I grew up on that river, and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna walk and talk. So I grew up on that river, and after a heavy rain, it would, the river would legitimately change. Yeah, so the, the river would change. Like, one time, you know, I was fishing, and there was a really deep, like, hole. It was, I don't know, six foot deep, whatever. You could fill in the blank. It was a great fishing spot. And uh, it started to rain really bad. I went to that great fishing spot not too long after. And it was a completely different location. Like the, the direction, like the river is still flowing the same way, but the curve that it was, it was a little bit different. The, uh, the sand actually filled in that hole, so where it was deep was now shallow, and there's a new deep hole because sand moves. Sand, uh, the, the water just, it moves the sand wherever it goes. It goes with the flow. It goes with the culture. And now uh, we, rec- we went to Costa Rica this summer, and we went whitewater rafting, and uh, this river was uh, made out of all rocks. It was a rocky river. It was a powerful river, but uh, they, you know, we're in the rainforest. It is raining all the time. But the, the direction, the design of that river, the deep and shallow spots, they stay the same because it's a rocky river. So are you, are you living your life where you're like a sandy river, where you change, you bend with the culture? Or are you going to live your life, build your life on a firm foundation, Jesus Christ, to where you are the same, you are consistent, you are, you are put in place, you know where you are? are? Are you living that way? Because that makes a difference. Is your identity firm or does it move with the culture? Because if it moves with the culture, you have probably experienced unfulfillment. You've probably experienced just a hole and you don't know where, like, and then you just don't know where that hole came from. You don't know, you just, you know something's missing. It's because you're, you're just living your life of building on sand and it constantly moves. There's no identity with building your life in the world. There's no identity with building your life on sand, which means the world. I mean, Think about it. Think about our culture. Think about how many celebrities have millions and millions of dollars but still commit suicide because living in the world, chasing after the world, it's empty. It's not fulfilling. It's not secure. It's actually probably scary. But I don't know. I, I really don't hear of pastors committing suicide. I, I, I really don't. And I think 
there's one reason. Because their foundation and their life is built on Jesus Christ. There's a big difference. And, and I know I don't have to tell you this because if you look in our culture, it is evident. There is evidence that people who live in the culture and chase the world, it's empty. You know, there's like, represent, let's let this giant piece of foam insulation represent the world. It looks big. Everybody's going there. Let's say this is your life, this piece of tape. This is you. You looking good. Yeah, of course. This is you. You're, you just you put your foundation, your life on the world. That is you chasing the culture, being with the culture. It's, it looks really big. It looks really grand. It looks great. Everybody else is there. People are all around you. It, it, it may seem like the stuff. There's people joining you. It's easy to bring people. You might even have friends there. But guess what? When a storm comes... It moves. Why? Because it, it, it bends with the culture. It moves. It's not a firm foundation. Good. Don't be like that. <laughs> but at the same time, if this is your life, and, and, there's, and it may not even look as appealing. Maybe your friends are in that grand place, that the place that looks good and looks cool. But you know this is better. You know this will stand the test of time. You know this is where true fulfillment comes. You know that God's calling you to be here. You, you attach your life to this firm foundation. And when the storm comes, it hurts really bad. <laughs> It is Jesus Christ. No, um, but all jokes aside, like I hope this paints a good picture in your mind. Like whenever you attach your life to something firm, which is the Word of God, prayer, worship, your relationship with Jesus Christ, like the Bible says, we will go through storms and battles. They are going to come. But if you are built on Jesus Christ, a firm foundation, it's not going to move. But if you build your life with culture and what looks good, you're just, you're just going to feel empty. You're going to feel broken. When the storms come, you are going to get beat down. But Jesus is here to save you. Jesus is here to give you hope. Jesus created you with a plan. Jeremiah 29, 11, you were created not just with a plan, but a good plan, a good future, hope for your life. You were created with specific skills. You were created with an anointing. You were created with talents. And, and the beautiful thing is that God gave us a free will. He's not going to control your life. He's a gentleman. And, and we've probably seen people, friends, maybe yourself. You, you feel this talent. You feel this, um, just something special in your life. But people will waste it because they have free will. And they will chase the culture which is, it just, it just moves. There's no identity. There's no strength. There's just numbers and, and uh, an image that looks good. But what's on the inside is brittle and weak. And I'm telling you here today, I know sometimes we might be pulled towards the world, but I promise you, if you put your life and your identity 
on Jesus, a rock, a firm foundation, you will be able to defeat the battles. God, really, he, Jesus already won the ultimate battle. He defeated death, literally. He died on the cross for your sins, and then he rose again. So you could be forgiven for all of your sins and all of your imperfections. And God is saying, hey, I am right here. I am the rock. I am the foundation for your life. I'm here to give you hope. I'm here to fill you with love and inspiration and, and determination. But you have to ask, like Matthew 7, 7 says, ask and you'll receive, seek and you'll find, knock and the door will be opened to you. God isn't going to force you to be with him because that's not what love is. Love is a choice. Love is an action. So if you want to pursue that, if you want to have that, I want to encourage you to step towards that. I want, I want to give you an opportunity because maybe, maybe you feel like, Mark, th- like this is, this is hitting spot on. I don't really know if my life is really built on Jesus. I don't know if I'm really building my life on a firm foundation. Well, guess what? God says, ask and you will receive. We can, that's like I just mentioned the cross. We can have forgiveness for everything that we've done. You may have put your life on culture. If you ask for forgiveness, you're forgiven. It's as simple as that. And, and it says, uh, we become a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. You can have your life built on a firm foundation that will uh, stand the test of battles and struggles because they will happen. I think sometimes we hear Christianity and, you know, there's Jesus' love, which, which is so true. But then we kind of have this idea in our head where if we become Christians and we follow God, that things are supposed to be easy. No, things aren't going to be easy. We're still going to go through it. It, We're still going to have terrible days. But it means that you have the source of love. God is love. God is hope. God is peace. So that means when we build on that, that's what we have because that's what's inside. It makes a difference. This is the difference of, of building your life on culture versus God. When you, when you turn to God and the storm hits, God builds your character. What is your character? That's, that's what's on the inside. Your character is what comes out in the hard times. God builds your character. He builds who you are. He grows you through the tough times. He supports you. The Bible says God will uphold you with his righteous right hand. He will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. God will never turn his back on you. So whenever we turn to God and the storm hits, you will stand. He will develop your character and you will have victory. And sometimes that victory might look a little bit different than what we were hoping. But when you turn to the world and the storm hits, and I want to tell you, it's not an if, it's a when. It's not if the storm hits. It's not if the bad days or the bad or the tough struggles or the temptations. It's not if but when, when those storms hit, you will fall. That's the result of having a terrible foundation, which is the culture, which is the world. You will fall because it doesn't have a firm foundation. If a foundation is cracking or hardly there or not there at all, 
your, the house that it's built on is not going to be structurally stable. But Jesus is firm. He doesn't move. Like, God is the Alpha and the Omega, which means he's the beginning and the end. It's kind of hard to wrap our minds around, but think about that. Like, God has just always been here. Like, he was here before the world was created, and he created the world in seven days. Like, it's kind of, it makes sense that it's hard for our minds to wrap. Like, be, it's hard to understand this because God is limitless. Like, there's no limits. There's no boundaries by God. And, and we're just mortal human beings. Like, if we could understand it, it would make God, like, if you could really understand it, it would, God would be less, like, wowing. Because I don't know about you, but I think, like, I think about God being the beginning and the end. Like, I'm just, just mind blown. Because, like, I can't really wrap my mind around it. That's how big God is. And what's awesome is that God is so big. He literally created everything that we know. That's good. (laughs) He created the world in seven days, and he gives us access to him. Because whenever he died on the cross and then rose again, uh, he ascended back up to heaven, and he sent his Holy Spirit, which is our helper, which means that we have direct access to God's Holy Spirit. I can be praying to God, which means talking to God, and Sam can be talking to God at the same exact time. He's omnipresent. He is everywhere at once. And I'm just saying this to remind you of how big our God is. And he is so big and so powerful and so close all at the same time. He literally died for you. And he literally gave a way for you to have personal access, to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Because before that, when Jesus was actually physically here on earth, uh, he, like, he could only touch the people he was physically around. And then when he died on the cross and rose again, guys, I just, we have access to the one only true God who has always been here, who will always be there. That's exciting. And that is a God that I want to build my life on. That is a firm foundation. That is a security I want to invest in. Because if somebody makes fun of me, I don't care. Because guess what? I have my foundation and my security in Jesus Christ. And if I'm doing what I'm doing and I'm glorifying God, that's the ultimate fulfillment. And you might see people or yourself, if, if you're looking for security in the world or status, you can get offended pretty easily and pretty quick. 